Hey everybody, welcome to the Calhoun Ward Living Histories Podcast. I am your host, John Phillips, a member of the Calhoun Ward. Let's dive in and learn more about our ward members. So, my name is Tiffany Hewlett. I was um, born to Kevin Fox and Julie Harvey, and they were young when they got married. They were pregnant with me, so my mom was 16 when she had me, and my dad was 18. Um, they lived in Provo for a little bit, which is now Provo Town Center. Like They lived in a little trailer there, um, and then they, we moved to American Fork when I was maybe two or three, and we lived there. That's where I grew up. Um, my dad wasn't active in the church. My mom was off and on, um, but we lived in a very LDS prominent community. So um, all my friends were LDS, all my, um, everyone I knew. I didn't know anyone that wasn't a member of the church. So that was kind of what was going on when I was little. Um, we did go to church every once in a while. And um, I think we were kind of the odd ducks out a little bit just because of what was going on then. So my dad was a chef. Um, that's what he did for a living. And so he worked at a lot of restaurants. And um, my mom was actually a really good cook as well. And so we always had really good food. I learned how to cook from a young, young age, learned how to bake and um, do all of those kinds of things. My mom was more on that side of things, making treats. And I just remember playing outside all the time. We didn't have a lot of we just had like five channels on the TV, so we didn't have a lot to do as far as screens were um, concerned. So we just were outside a lot. We played, I was the oldest of four kids. So I have a younger sister that's two and a half years younger than me, Tasha. And then my sister, Tabitha, was six years younger than me. And then my brother, Tyler, came along when I was 12. Um, we played outside all the time. I was always the leader. I was bossy. We played a lot of fun games. I always made up like circus games and um, always had prizes. And um, when my sister came along, Tabitha, my second, my not one right under me, but the other one, um, she had a lot of birth problems. And um, so it was a really scary time, but she came through. And um, so we were always really protective of her. And so I kind of just clung to her all the time. And when she was three, she got ran over by a car, um, and she was fine. I mean, not fine. She was, she lived, but there was a really whole thing about that. My dad was mowing the lawn and facing the other direction. When it happened, it was my neighbor across the street who had backed up over, and um, she just all of a sudden was out of her car. She doesn't remember turning it off. She doesn't remember anything about it. Just all of a sudden, she was outside of her car standing there, and I was supposed to be watching her, and um, but I was, gosh, I was nine. Um, we were just playing on the slip and slide out there. And um, anyway, so my dad felt a tap on his shoulder mowing the lawn and turned around and was able to go over and pick her up. And they rushed her to the ER. She had um, third degree burns down her leg and um, uh, a big old yucky hamburger-like thing on her head. Um, but she was able to come through, so she just has, still has scars now. But that was a really trying time in my life, and I still feel like, um, looking back, like I'm so protective of my sister, and um, I just feel like that was that was kind of a defining moment for me of just like really just um, I don't even know, just um, 
I just felt like I had let her down. So that was something that's just kind of was with me for a long time and was probably the hardest time of my life is during that part. Um, when I was, we'd had a lot of animals growing up, chickens, dogs, um, cats. My family just loved animals and my dogs would always have puppies. They were just mutt dogs. We didn't have any kind of um, purebred dogs, but they were always just having puppies. And um, that was my most favorite thing. I loved going out and playing with the puppies. And I had this one special puppy. I'm just going to share all my sad stories, but um, that was my favorite puppy. And um, I heard crying one night and I went out the next morning and it had drowned. This puppy had drowned in its water dish. And um, again, those, I just feel like I'm just remembering all the sad parts of my life, but like, I do feel like that, again, I just, I feel like um, some of these things have made me just more protective of people, um, just more aware of things that are going on um, with people and even with animals. And um, when, my, when I was 16, my mom and dad got divorced and my mom took on like four jobs to take care of us. Um, my dad left and went to some, went and lived with somebody else. And, um, and it was just kind of a, it was, it was a hard time. I was 16. So I was thinking I knew everything and kind of in that stage of life. And, um, but I look back and I think about how, how hard my mom worked to make sure that we had what we needed. And, and again, I just learned that lesson of just, um, doing everything it took to take care of somebody. And, um, I miss this part of our story, but we, because my dad was a chef, and we moved around a lot and uh, owned some restaurants, and we actually lived in some of those restaurants. And so I was young. I was probably 14 when we first did that and lived in these different restaurants and worked. And so I was, I mean, child labor laws aside, I was waitressing and helping cook and um, do all of those things. I just learned to be a hard worker, from, my dad was a super hard worker, um, my mom obviously too. We just worked a lot and learned the value of it and um, serving people and, and kind of just learning how to um, put in a full day's work. So, Like I said, we moved from American Fork and we moved actually to Mayfield, um, Utah, which is down south. And... So we did that in my middle school years, my junior high years, actually. And so just kind of moving around, all of that. I was very social as a kid, um, very boy crazy as a, as a girl. And that was kind of my focus. And um, after Mayfield, we moved to Mount Pleasant, lived in another restaurant, worked there. Um, again, just boy crazy and social. I was a, I was a good student. I wasn't a bad student. Um, I wasn't... Um, super into grades or anything, but I and I, I just always, I probably maintained a good 3.5 to 3.8 grade average. Um, so I did well. Um, it came pretty easy for me when I um, when we moved back to American Fork. That's was the year that my mom and dad got divorced when I was when, when I was 16. Um, that year was a, that year was tricky for me. I didn't go to school a lot. Um, I was kind of rebelling a little bit. Um, but I had some really good friends. I had some really good friends who helped me through it. And I think that's kind of when the church became important to me because those friends dragged me there. They they kind of helped me through a lot of things. 
and help me to to find some comfort and some some people who love me and I could feel that. And so the following year, um, Jewel junior and senior year, really I was, again, I was social. I was on student body, um, a student body historian. I had to take pictures of all of the different things and, uh, and categorize, not categorize, but uh, make the history of the whole school for those years. And um, I just loved taking pictures and, and also I, I kind of loved just being one of the bossy people in charge. <laughs> so I really liked, um, I really loved that. We, I graduated from American Fork High School in 1999 and moved out not too long after um, to just be with some friends in Logan, Utah. And I wasn't going to school. I decided to take some time off. I had a scholarship to Snow College. That's kind of where I wanted to end up. But then when we, I went to Logan, I just was hanging out with different friends, living in with some girls in the house and working for a little while and that was just a really fun time until it got super cold and snowy and I didn't have a car and then that wasn't as fun anymore so called my mom and had her come get me came home um moved in with my friend for a little bit and um all the jobs that I ever had were all very leadership oriented I was an assistant manager at a gold's gym for a while and then I started managing at subway um so I was kind of doing both of those actually at the same time. And I did that until I was 20. And then I met Chad. My dad was not active in the church. And so when I got baptized, I got baptized by my uncle, which was one of his brothers. And, um, and then like just all of his brothers, he came from a family of eight. And they have eight children. And um, so all of the brothers were just really kind to me and and love me. And after the divorce, um, the there was a couple brothers that really just kind of stood by me and stood by my side and kind of took on that role of father figure. And um, one of them was my uncle Russell and his wife, Aunt Jane, my Aunt Jane, um, and their kids. They just really made sure that I knew that I was loved and um, that I had somebody there. And then my other was my uncle Randy. Sorry. Um, he just really stepped up and I had gone through some hard things with my dad and um, a lot of people were mad um, and kind of took sides during everything that happened and he just stepped up and I just He didn't have to, but he just, he loved me. So he's somebody that I always, I'm just thankful for that he was there for what I needed to do. Anyway, that's all about that. I don't even have like any stories, just that he was there. He was there. So I was working at Subway, um, managing that Subway, and like I said, I was boy crazy and um, just hanging out with a bunch of friends. And there was this one guy who came home from his mission. I didn't know him very well, but um, he, we just started hanging out a little bit. And he called me one day and asked me to bring sandwiches um, to him and a couple guys that were helping him work on his car. So 
after work, I brought him up some sandwiches, and Chad was one of the guys that was there working on the car with him. And um, I was actually interested in the guy that I brought sandwiches to, so I didn't really think too much about anyone else that was there. But the two guys that were helping him, Kyle and then Chad, started coming to the subway every day. And I again, I just Chad never talked to me. He was he told me what his favorite sandwich toppings were, and that was about all I knew about him. Um, but his boss, Kyle, would talk my ear off. So I, I knew their voices well enough and knew them well enough. Uh, I, was, I was friendly and outgoing, so I knew most of my customers, especially my regulars. And so when he called and asked me if I was interested in older men, I was, I was like, I knew exactly who he was. He didn't say who he was. I was like, oh, yeah, I love older men. Um, and then he told me he was going to pick me up at 7, and that was not in my plans to date him. And <laughs> I was actually kind of looking at going on a mission at the time. And so when he said that, I was like, oh, no, um, I didn't know how to get out of it. And so that night, I was, like, was living with my best friend, and he was supposed to pick me up at 7, and it was 7.05, so I was just going to leave. I was just going to walk out the door and be like, well, he was late. He didn't care that much, so I'm not going to be here when he shows up. And so he had called to tell me that he was going to be late, and I didn't answer the phone. My friend Melissa answered the phone, and she said, you better hurry. She's leaving. And so we didn't, it didn't start out too well. <laughs> and um, we went out to <laughs> a place called Cabo Grill, which I love Mexican food. So, I mean, that was one point in his favor. And... We had gone, after that we went to Blockbuster, we were gonna get a movie to watch a movie, and, and I thought, oh, he's just like all the other guys, he just wants to watch a movie and try to maybe, I don't know, <laughs> sneak a kiss or whatever, and, um, but then he, we just kept on talking in the Blockbuster parking lot, and he was telling me that he had two kids from a pre previous marriage, and I know that this sounds weird, but that's actually what piqued my interest, because, um, not long before, I had had a really big prompting that I was going to marry somebody who had kids. And it's not that I wanted to marry somebody who had kids. That wasn't like a dream of mine <laughs> to have stepkids. Uh, but like, I just really felt that, like I was going to marry somebody who had kids. And so when he told me that, I was like, oh, maybe I need to like pay a little bit of attention to this guy. So we ended up actually not going to the movie and we ended up just driving around and talking. And um, we went up the canyon at um, just up American Fork Canyon and we'd stopped and we were just talking to, for a long time and we just had a lot in common and he actually asked me that night to marry him and I was like yeah sure um it was all in jest but it wasn't too much longer before we actually got engaged so gosh we that first date was July and uh, August June I don't know <laughs> it was in the summer and by um, September, we were fully engaged and planning on getting married. We, he actually proposed to me in the same pot spot that he proposed to me the first time. And then um, we got married November 10th, 2001, in the Mount Tipanogos Temple. And from there, we um, moved to Pleasant Grove. We bought a house that was way out of our price range, but <laughs> we bought that. Um, we lived there for a few years. I got pregnant with Becca in 2003 and we at that time Chad had hurt his foot he was working as a brick mason with his brother and he had hurt his foot and had been out of work for a little while and and so I was working at Subway and then I needed to quit because uh, I had some problems with the pregnancy where I wasn't able to be on my feet that long and 
Um, and so anyway, we just kind of had some financial problems and ended up moving in with his mom and living in her basement for a little bit. And so I had Becca in January 12, 2004, so two days before his birthday. And so I don't ever have to buy him a birthday present for the rest of his life. So um, she came home on his birthday. She, um, she's just been the best. She's been chill and fun since the day she was born. Just, just an easy kid. She's 18 now. Um, and just, she likes to read. She's just kind of that calm presence that, I don't know, just brings the room to just a calm peace. She's, she's the best. So um, I'm trying to think what else she really likes to do. She likes to read and she likes to hang out with us. Like she likes to play board games. She likes to go on walks. She likes to cook. She likes to eat. Um, but she's just, she's just a fun kid. Um, and then a couple years later, well, not long after actually, Becca was about 18 months old and we were still living in Chad's mom's basement. And I just didn't see it going, us going anywhere. Like there wasn't a lot of let's move and move up. So my mom had moved to Portland and um, I decided to take Becca and we were going to move to Portland. And I had heard my visiting teacher had come over and said, that she had worked as an apartment manager. I had never heard of that. And so I was like, oh, you get an apartment and then you just work as an apartment manager, cool. So I literally looked up some some jobs. The internet was still fairly new, so um, it was limited. I've picked Becca up and I said, okay, we're gonna move. So are you coming with us? And he was like, duh, of course I am going to. Um, but he had to finish up some work and some different things. And so I loaded up our van and I took Becca and went out and got a job as an apartment manager. Didn't even like think that I wouldn't, I just knew that I would. <laughs> went and got one, never had been one. Um, and so I got an apartment manager job in, it was in Gresham actually, and a place called Queens Commons. They gave me a two bed, three bedroom apartment and a little bit of money to pay utilities. And that's literally what I got for working all the time. But it worked out really well. Um, Chad came a couple months later, and I was pregnant with Christopher, and we lived there for, gosh, I don't even know, four years about? Three years? Two and a half years. Chad knows everything. I know nothing as far as years are concerned. <laughs> but we lived there for a little while, and um, it was great. It was a great time. Um, we were super poor. But at that time, Chad decided that he wanted to get his education. So um, he started going back to school. And then we moved to another apartment for a little while. I got pregnant with Porter. Um, oh, Christopher. I didn't tell you about Christopher. Christopher's 16 now. Christopher is the cutest boy. He's just got the biggest eyes. And he was a mama's boy. Like, he, he's just the best. Um, I don't want to cry during this. Um, he loves video games. Um, anyway, he's going through some hard times right now, um, but gosh, that kid's my favorite. Um, so he's, he's Christopher. Um, we called him Tupper. I always wanted a little boy named Christopher because I loved Winnie the Pooh growing up and I always wanted a Christopher Robin. And actually one of the reasons that I married Chad was because his middle name was Christopher. <laughs> um, and so I just loved it. Um, I was like, yes, that's what we're gonna do. Um, we're gonna have a little boy named Christopher. It's gonna be after you, but really it's gonna be after Christopher Robin. 
Um, and he's just, he's been my little Christopher Robin. He's just the best. Um, and then I was pregnant with Porter. We moved from there. That's when we kind of tried to decide what we were going to do. Chad at the time had almost, he had his accounting degree and was, didn't really want to do accounting. So he was trying to decide what to do. We were praying a lot and I had got in for an ultrasound and we both kind of looked at each other and we're like, this is what you should do. You should do ultrasound. Um, we never thought about that before. And anyway, we went home and started researching, um, where he could do ultrasound and where he could go to school to learn that. And so the only place we could find was in Klamath Falls, OIT. And so we didn't know anything about it. We just went out there and he toured the school and they said, Hey, have you ever thought about nuclear medicine? And we didn't know what that was. We didn't even know what to know that <laughs> what that was. And so he took that up. Um, I'm sure he'll tell more of that story um, in his history, but he, we decided to do it. So we moved to Klamath Falls and um, bought a house or like rented a house site unseen. I feel like every time we move, that's kind of what we do is we just pick up and we just go and we just say, okay, Lord, put us where we need to be put and it works out. And so we went out there, uh, rented a house and it was great. Um, I had, we had gone on a vacation before Porter was born, um, a couple months before Porter was born, but I think that actually put me in labor. So he was born six weeks early. Um, gosh, that pregnancy was a tricky one. He was always pushing out my ribs and he was like a starfish inside of my stomach, like all the time, just spread out. And so that was him. He came out that way. Like other babies get into the fetal position. He was just spread out. That's how he kind of lived his life. Um, you know, he still lives his life. Um, the other babies always wanted to sleep and snuggle with me, not him. He wanted to be in his crib. He did not want to cuddle. Um, he's just kind of that kid that wants to do everything on his own. Um, he's, he's so fun and he's just, he's the kindest kid. He cares about everybody. Everybody loves him. He doesn't care about being popular or cool. He just cares about people and he's just a fun kid. Um, so we lived out in Klamath Falls for a little while and, um, while Chad went to school, again, just super poor little church mice, um, didn't have anything and um, at that point, I started going to school a little bit. I was working on my blog, um, which I had a little blog called Making the World Cuter. So I wanted to know more about that, like how to do like web design and how to do graphic design just so I could make that better. So I started going to school for that. Um, and then Chad graduated and we had gone to, my mom still lived in Portland. And so the, during one of the weekends, we decided to meet her and halfway between Klamath Falls in Portland was a town called Bend. So we decided to meet her there. Um, and as soon as we drove past, I said, this is where I want to live. And Chad said, never. <laughs> it's too expensive. It's too touristy. We're never going to do that. Well, when he was graduating, there was an externship coming up um, that he had to do like a year. It's like a residency kind of thing. He had to do a year. It's called an externship. And um, so the only place that we were interested in, the only place I was interested in, let's be honest, was Bend. Um, I was shocked that, that one even came up because they just had so many. Each person got one residency and Bend was one of them. And so, but they did it, They everybody kind of wanted that one. So they did it drawing out of a hat. And so anyone who wanted to be put in for Bend put their name on the hat and Bend was the first one they pulled out of all the different places. And um, so everybody put their name in the hat and then Chad's name got pulled out. So that's where we got to go. And again, we just moved down there kind of sight unseen. 
got an apartment and um, at that time I had Oliver. Oliver was just a baby at that time. So he's my fourth, he's my baby. He's the youngest in every sense of the word, gets spoiled and um, he's just, he's a sweetie. He, um, he loves me. <laughs> um, he hugs fiercely and he, he's just so much fun. Like he just wants to play all the time. He wants to play games all the time. He's, he's a fun kid. Um, so when we moved out here, I had postpartum bad after his, his birth. And so him as a baby, I don't remember a lot, but, um, and we moved during that and I moved to a place that I wanted to move. And it was a really hard move for me. I had moved from all my friends and Chad was working full time, um, with no pay as, um, for his externship. And then he was the hospital transporter at night to make money. And so he was gone all the time and I was in a new place. And I, at that time I had four little kids and I had the worst depression and just worst everything. Um, but somehow got through all of that part. Um, but we loved Bend. We loved it. We lived there. We lived in that apartment for a couple of years. Um, and then bought a house and it was a, a house that had somebody had flipped and so like everything and it was new um but I had been working on my blog then for a few years and um I thought I was quite the decorator so um we re remodeled the whole thing and I don't think that was what Chad had in mind he thought oh it's got new carpet it's got new paint it's got new everything and I'm gonna change all of it and so <laughs> we remodeled the whole thing it turned out gorgeous um it was super fun so during that time, I finished my associates in web design, which I did nothing with, but I also took a lot of photography classes and I really loved that. And so I started being a photographer actually a little bit back in Klamath Falls and um, I really liked that um, until people started telling me what they liked for their pictures and then that wasn't as fun for me. So um, I stopped doing that. I only like to do things if it's if what I like to do. So um, anyway, so we just, remodeled that house and that's really what the last eight years have kind of been is just making that house our home and it was so fun and made some really good friends there the, that's where the kids I mean really feel like that's their home so we lived there in Bend for a total of 11 years and then um yeah and then when we just in the last little bit have kind of felt like it was time to move on there wasn't really any reason to move on we just kind of wanted to and and we just started praying and asking where we should go, and somehow we ended up in Calhoun, Georgia. And that's where we're at now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, just like, I like to decorate. I don't know that I necessarily want to decorate for anyone else, because, again, I don't want anyone else to have an opinion but me. So <laughs> I like to do things my way. Um, I actually really like to organize and... Um, and I don't even know if organizing is the right word. I like to edit things. I like to throw away things. My most favorite thing in the whole world is to get rid of stuff. And um, I like to live life pretty minimally, which is funny because I also do like to shop. But um, depends on what it is. I like to have a lot of clothes and shoes. But um, I like to have my house pretty minimal. And so I think people think I'm pretty organized. But really, I just don't have a lot of stuff to put places. And everything has to have a place or it gets thrown out. And... I actually almost prefer that, just to throw it out, or not necessarily throw it away, but donate it or give it to someone else. And I think that's, I, I do give a lot of stuff away, um, just 
people come and say, you know, I like that bracelet or whatever. And I, I'm like, oh, good. Here, <laughs> take it. Um, that's just, I don't need stuff. I, I like stuff, but I don't need it. And I actually like to give it away. So, so I had a pretty successful um, little home decor and, and um, printables. I made printables. That's what I did with my web design and graphic design career. Is I just made printables um, for people to, you know, print decor for their homes or Valentine's or I had a lot of holiday themed things on those on the blog and then I just shared my home renovation um, journey and did pretty well. I was on the design team for Oriental Trading and a few other companies. Oriental Trading was the biggest one, so I would design parties for them and um, went out and did. Like went to their headquarters a few times. They would fly us out for trips and um, learn about all the new products and different things. So that was kind of a fun um, little time in my life. But realized it was taking a lot of time away from my family, and we I sold it for a profit at the time. So it was nice. It was just a fun little thing for me to do while I was a stay-at-home mom. And and then I just realized that I just needed to spend more time with my kids. So. I was planning parties for people that I never threw them for. My kids never even did birthday parties. But I had a lot of fun birthday party stuff. We just we did other things for their birthdays, but I just realized that was a lot of a lot of work. Um, like I said, I wasn't super active growing up. It was just kind of a part of our culture, I think, more than anything, living in Utah. Um, and so it was just kind of part of part of the air. It wasn't I didn't have like a super strong testimony or anything, but my young woman's leader, um, she was a convert. And so she'd always be talking about her testimony of the Book of Mormon and how, you know, she had this amazing conversion story. And I was always jealous of that because I was like, well, I was just born into it. This is just what who I am. I don't get that awesome conversion story. And so um, I remember coming home from church one day and pulling my Book of Mormon off the shelf and just kind of looking at it and and I didn't like say an actual prayer or anything it was just kind of this thought in my head of like I want that cool story right um and so I opened up the scriptures first Nephi I don't even think I'd read the Book of Mormon at the time I was going to seminary and stuff so I might have but um and I've had spiritual experiences but it wasn't like anything like this but I just remember opening it that day sitting there I was all alone it was quiet and I read that first verse that I, Nephi, born of goodly parents. And um, the wish of the spirit that I had that day of just like, these people really lived. And it wasn't even that it was true or anything else, but just that these people really lived. And that was the first time that I was just like, um, this is true. Like if these people really lived, then Joseph Smith was a prophet. And if Joseph Smith was a prophet, then he, he saw all of these things. And this is what's what's happened. Um, so that was my first real, I think, testimony experience where I just knew. Um, and so from then on, it was, it was important to me. And um, when I, it was important that I get married in the temple. It was important for all these things. My mom and dad didn't get married in the temple. And that was always really hard for me, especially living in Utah where everybody had, all their parents had, and there wasn't a, I didn't know anyone else who wasn't and so that was really hard for me when we had lessons about eternal families and different things and I just kind of thought that I was on the outside of that and so it was super important to me to get married in the temple and was super happy to be able to do that but again I think it was just something I kind of took for granted for a long time um, 
we went, we had, I had callings in mostly primary and um, just wasn't super spiritually strong as far as I didn't know the scriptures very well. Um, but we just went and it was fine. Every, you know, like I believed in it, but it wasn't, it wasn't, I guess, a priority until, gosh, it was only probably four or five years ago that, um, I don't know what it was. It was, I've loved conference. I've always loved conference, but something about that conference, and I, it might have even just been with President Nelson. Gosh, but I've had, I've had experiences with President Monson too. Um, President Monson was my, was my guy. Like he was always who I wanted to meet when I was little, like that's, I just, one day I'm going to meet him. And after Chad and I got married, I found out that his, his Grammy was the Relief Society president that President Monson would always talk about that took care of all the little widows and, and things. And so I was like, oh, well, maybe I'm going to be able to meet him. And um, when his Grammy died, we were going to go to the funeral and it didn't work out. And so I was really sad about that, that we didn't get to go because President Monson, of course, spoke at our funeral. And... Um, so I just kind of always had that, like, Heavenly Father, I want to, I want to shake his hand. I want to meet him. And he was, so when he was a prophet, he was, when he was sick and I knew it wasn't, he wasn't going to last much longer. We were sitting in a sacrament meeting. Like I said, I mean, it was, I, I had spiritual experiences, but it's really come the last few years. But that, this experience was another one of just those moments of, Heavenly Father knows me. Um, and I was sitting there and I was thinking about how, um, just how sad I was that I was never going to be able to meet the prophet. And we had some mission president, a uh, mission president and his wife were speaking that week in sacrament. And he had gotten up and he had talked about how he had just um, been with President Monson and had shaken his hand and talked to him and, and different things. And um, I had this little thought of like, well, if I got to shake his hand, then it would be like meeting him and a Heavenly Father, that would be enough. And um, I mean, it was just a silly thing, but right after the <laughs> right after the meeting, he came down off the stand and I wasn't gonna go seek it out or anything. Um, he came down the stand and he just came up to me and said, I just feel like I really need to shake your hand. And um, so I shook his hand and I mean, I didn't say anything. Um, and he's just like, oh, your family is so cute, blah, 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 blah. And then we left and went to class. And um, I had I wrote to him after when I could get my emotions together and, and just told him what that had meant to me. And he said, I was talking, and he's like, and I just stopped. You need to go shake that lady's hand. Um, I have that letter. And he was just like, that is, he's like, I knew that I needed to. He's like, I didn't know why, but I knew I needed to come shake your hand. So anyway, that was another just Heavenly Father loves me moment. Um, but I think President Nelson and this whole Come Follow Me thing has been life-changing for me. Just really being able to study the scriptures the way that we have been and all the different people who have put out podcasts. And I'm grateful for the opportunity for COVID and to be able to stay home and to just study. And um, and for all those people who probably wouldn't have put out their material, like um, Jared Halverson and um, Follow Him and... Um, don't miss this. All of these people who have just like put all of this available, like institute type classes that I never got, um, or probably wouldn't even have gone to, 
um, when I was younger, it's just everything to me. The priority of everything has become the gospel, and I've just I have loved the scriptures and studied them, and um, I don't know, just it's been amazing. And I do feel like now I started listening to the Book of Mormon probably four or five years ago every morning. Um, I, I was trying to read it at night, but I kept falling asleep. So I decided I'm going to listen to it in the morning while I'm awake and alert and I'm getting ready for the day or whatever. And I listen to it now probably five or six times a year. And I know it, which is kind of funny. Um, but like, I know what's coming up. I know the verses that are coming up. Um, I know the people. I know the stories. I know the principles. And it's just been, it's literally everything to me. And it's never has been before. So, um, yeah, these past four or five years have been amazing. I think all the life experiences put together help me to trust in God. But really, just every time we move, everything falls into place. And every single time we've moved, it has been, a, um, I don't even know how to say it, just, just an amazing experience for us. We... It's <laughs> telling people about like any of our moves, anytime we've moved, has just been like people are like, oh my gosh, that, how did that happen? And I'm like, the Lord's hand was literally in every step of the way, and this move hasn't been any different. Um, so it started back the first time when we moved to Portland, when we moved to Gresham, just seeing, like looking back and being able to see the Lord's hand and just knowing that He was there for us and that we had, He has a plan for us, that He, he wants our family and um, to be happy and to be around good people. And it's been amazing. Like I can look back on it literally every single move and just be like, that, there, there he was, there he was, there he was. Um, he's been everywhere. So we're excited to be in the Calhoun ward. Um, we were hoping to have more youth in the ward, but hey, we doubled the youth. So that's good. <laughs> I guess that's what we get, right? I could send one message to my posterity is that God lives, that he loves you, that his scriptures are true, and that he wants what's best for you, that he is in the details, and he's, he's got your back. Well, that brings us to a close for this week's podcast. I truly hope you enjoyed the personal history and stories presented today, and most of all, I hope it has brought you closer to another member of our ward.